Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at Seven Grand, we have Miles Thompson from Old Pulteney in the house. He tasted it through not only the new make, which is always a cool thing to try, which means unaged spirit straight off the still, 140 proof smuggled in from Scotland. Beep, beep, I didn't say that. Um, we also tried their newest expression, the Navigator. Their entry-level mark, the 12-year single malt from way up in the Highlands, one of the northernmost distilleries in all of Scotland. The 17-year, which is one of my personal favorites of all time, a lovely, love you all night whiskey. And then a unicorn from the wonderful old Pultini stable. Apparently they've got a whole breeding program there for unicorns because this 25-year is replacing what last year was the 21-year. It is amazing. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you really need to subscribe to our podcast, spiritguidesocietypodcast.com. Boom, or any platform where you like to get your podcasts. Learn more about the spirits that you love. Miles, thanks for coming all the way, hey, man. That's a great pleasure, Slash. Slash. Someone told you about the slow clap? <laughs> He's like, what's going on? <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Welcome to the Whiskey Society, everyone. Good Monday to you all. Everyone made it through Passover and Easter and spring break and everything. And another Monday. Well, as a nice gift on top of surviving all of that, we have Old Pulteney in the house tonight, which is why you're all here, right? We have a bunch of old Pulteney fans, right? And, all right, okay. Yeah, she wants you to become more intimate. Yeah, come on. I'm it's all right. I'm hairy and I'm sweaty, but I'm lovable too. <laughs> I love you, Pedro. I love you too, guys. You don't have to sleep with me, though. He's got to stand right next to me. He's like, I'm sure that was in the contract, but anyway, we'll see how it goes. It's a verbal contract, and verbal contracts are subject to change. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not written down, never happened. Never again, right? Oh my God. It's California, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag love wins. Absolutely. I must uh, look that up. Okay. Right. Yeah, look it up. Yeah. It's actually been going on before writing ever even was happening. Excellent, right. Okay. <laughs> Let's start in 1826. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure that there were never. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but uh, we have Mr. Miles Thompson in the house tonight. Yeah. Miles, welcome. Welcome to the Whiskey Thank Society. You. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Is this your first time in the Whiskey Society here? Uh, it is indeed, yeah. First time in LA as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. All right on. See, we're not so bad. Absolutely not. It's starting well already. <laughs> yeah. The week ahead is looking great. Yes, this is a great way to start your week, Monday at the Whiskey Society. There is no better way, I think, actually. So how long have you been working for the brand now? So I've been working for the company since about 2003, uh, which accounts for most of my gray hairs, I think. Um, <laughs> I started off looking after Latin America and the Caribbean. And uh, that's definitely where the hair, most of it went. And uh, now I'm with you guys. So I've been working in the American market with my colleague, uh, Joe Montoya, uh, since about 2016. Uh, we've had Pultney in the market for probably just over, yeah, probably just over 12 years. Mm -hmm. So which um, is a nice segue into Old Pultney 12 year old. Excellent. We can do that, <laughs> do that a, little bit, a, little bit, a little bit later on. Well, yeah, that'll be our first mark. But give us a little bit of history of Old Pultney. I know that Old Pultney is, for a long time, was the northernmost 
distillery on the mainland in Scotland and, and really in an area that's pretty inaccessible. Like when in the, I know that in the 1820s, which is when you guys got your license to distill now, anytime you're doing your kind of scotch whiskey history and you notice that a lot of the distilleries they're like they all started in 1824 well they didn't all start in 1824 the reality was that the law passed that you had to become legit in 1824 and these guys were so far away from edinburgh um, and and glasgow that i'm assuming that it took them two years for the tax men to make it that far north was it 1826 uh, when you guys pulled, pulled got me your I believe it's a little bit different in, in the fact that effectively, um, because it started off in Pulteney Town in, in Wick, which was a very famous and well-known fishing port, it's, it's tiny in the scheme of things. But uh, by the late um, 1800s, it was probably um, Europe's biggest fishing port for the uh, herring fishing industry. Um, in 1826, when the distillery was founded, I think pretty much the tax man was already there just about to start writing up the, uh, the first invoice on that one. So I think we can safely say um, 1826 is, is, is the year. But uh, as Pedro said, there's a lot of distilleries that were hidden away, particularly Balbalair, which is uh, one of the groups. Um, that was its established date is 1790, but we have paperwork that goes back to about 1745. Um, so it was distilling in another location just a mile up the road. 1790 was pretty much the date when we start, started paying tax. And it's quite close to Fort Rose, and that's where the military were, and uh, the tax man never went anywhere else, as far as I know, without the military backing him up. And, uh, and, uh, otherwise, People just otherwise, don't like to Otherwise, they taxes. might not have got yeah. such a warm reception. You know the form, anyway. So, the, old, the old tar and feather thing doesn't absolutely. go over that well. Yeah. No, absolutely. So. But um, when the distillery started out, now Pulteney Town, mm -hmm. is there still a Pulteney Town, or is that just part of Wick now? Um, well, effectively part of Wick, but, there is, but Pulteney Town is effect effectively um, a neighborhood itself. So there's Wick, is, um, you can really say that Wick is Vic, and obviously lots of uh, Northern European Viking um, influence there. Oh, okay. okay. So it's not only the Orkneys, but effectively the whole east coast of, uh, of the UK got a got a hammering from uh, the Northern Europeans. Um, and uh, and my father-in-law is a, uh, a Pattinson, and of course Pattinson is Patin, and so Peterson. And there's a lot of Petersons around as well. So you know, I could say that he's a bit of a Viking. But uh, he's a very friendly one, so that's good news. And even friendlier when we get our spiritual outs at the beginning of the year, anyway. So, um, and that's a very welcome visit there, there as well from him. But um, yeah, so Wick itself, um, very well established um, uh, northern northern fishing port, so natural natural harbour. But uh, Pulteney itself gets its name from Sir William Johnson Pulteney, who was a minister of fisheries, and he was the one who basically created um, uh, Pulteney Town to to look after that, uh, increasing that boom. Uh, of fishing and um, you know everything from accommodation and facilities during the during those 1800s. Just so happened he put a distillery in there, so that's great vision. So we have um, him to be thankful for and on that one. State of the art docks for that time, and so a the, lot yeah. of the <laughs> distillery workers at that time were working part time, like working in the distillery during some months of the year, but then working as fishermen a lot of the year yeah, as I well. Think, right? I mean, there's a great heritage of, uh, of coopers because um, effectively for salted fish as well, they would use, they'd be using um, uh, barrels in it, not the barrels that we use, which is principally um, American oak, but quite a lot of Spanish oak and European oak as well. But um, so there'd be a lot of, lot of work going on in and around the region as well. Um, but the, the maltings that ceased, uh, let's say in around about 1926, 1927, there would be a lot of people at the distillery working on the maltings, and that was the that's the seriously intensive work 
So you'd have a team of, in the photos of the distillery, you see a team of 30 or 40. There are probably a number of people who weren't actually in that photo, but a team of, say, 20 or 30 people plus, because they'd be doing the hard manual work, you know, turning the malt and uh, basically, um, uh, you know, preparing it and getting it ready. And of course, then we'd be using um, uh, peat to, to dry that. So original Pultney would have been heavily peated, like, like most, um, uh, most um, uh, maltings, they'd be using peat. Um, as opposed to later on with technology, you'd be air dried and uh, those maltings that ceased in 1927. Of course, you're getting now um, uh, malt um, from four or five principal suppliers and you're getting a, a very, very stable, high quality product each time. Whereas if you made a bit of a mess of, uh, of the maltings, then you'd, you'd be asking, you'd be answering to the distillery manager because there's a lot of clearing up to do. If you leave it for a little too long and the roots come out and right. everything, you'll the end up with tendrils start become yeah. intertwined you'll end up, end up and you've with, got a, a mess. with an un unwanted carpet to to clear up. Now at that time, you guys had to bring your barley in because you weren't growing the barley right there in in Wick, yeah. right? You had to bring it in from yeah. so surrounding areas yeah. or further south. I'm thinking. Yep. Yeah. So Morrisher is a principal um, area, so um, just um, southeast of Inverness. Um, Wick itself, obviously fantastic port, so a lot of things would be coming in by sea. Um, there's still only one road in and one road out. Um, uh, a lot of people would question uh, the qualification of road, uh, but it's a, a single, single track uh, road. Um, perhaps more um, sheep and cattle use it than cars, but still. Um, and you can probably segue a little bit into Pultney itself. Um, I said to a couple of you earlier, I would try and create an image of the distillery. Um, the, the bottle perhaps is um, it gives us uh, an, an easier way to visualize, but um, it's representative of, um, of the stills. They have um, a very thick neck. And in this case, in the wash still, when it arrived in thereabouts, 1826, certainly not after, um, that um, the story goes that they got, the, uh, they got everything absolutely perfectly um, correct at, uh, at Pulteney, with the exception of the wash still, which came in a little bit too big. So they had two options. You either lift the roof and start rebuilding the distillery or you cut the top of the still off. And that's exactly what they did. So uh, we have a very um, unusual um, still wash still in the fact that it has a flat head on that one. Um, and, uh, and also a very large boil ball, which gives us lots of reflux. And we can talk a little bit about that, um, certainly when I have a little bit of a nose and those who are brave enough can have a little bit of a, a taste of the, of the new make spirits as well. So Stephanie's come around with our first expression tonight. This is the old Pultini 12-year, am I right? That's correct. Uh, no, it's a navigator. It's a navigator. Oh, the navigator. Right. Okay. Whoa, yeah, okay. Slightly radical approach to it. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, so once you've got that in your Thank hands, you if you've, i just say one thing, though. Um, we don't really get many opportunities. You're going to tell me now that you've tasted all new makes that you've ever been to um, or had a master class on. But if you have just a, a little bit of a, a nose of the new make spirit. This is 140% or um, 140 proof, okay? Um, it's directly from the, uh, the receiver's receiver strength, okay? This is how Pultney starts off, okay? One of the key things about Pultney, it's a very um, oily, uh, vegetal, leathery, nutty new make spirit, and very sort of complex congeners there. And the, the more you get in this new make spirit, the more that we have to play with when we go through maturation. And okay. that big, oily, unctuous spirit comes from that big, fat... Boil ball. Yeah, yeah, from having and, that big, fat... And, and then you've got just over 100 meters worth of copper worm top to go in. So it's a very slow, gentle, um, condensing process. But okay. coming off of the still at 140 proof. So if you, if you can't Second, see yeah. this at home, folks who are listening to the podcast, in the middle <laughs> of each table, there's a, 
uh, old-fashioned glass with some new make spirit in it. New make spirit is the what comes straight off of the still. It's the unaged uh, version of yeah, your whiskey in, in this glass yeah, in your hand. That. Now, what is the Navigator specifically? Right, the Navigator. Well, I've done, just on there for uh, for all those that are listening at home. I've just added a little bit of water into that new make spirit. Sorry, Pedro. It's just right. to come back to it. No, no, and it's fine. You'll see when you put water in, you'll see the surface tension break, and you'll see the natural oils come out of solution. <laughs> And that gives you, obviously, I'm not just saying it's a really heavy, oily spirit. It, it is quite oily. So just have a quick look at that. Um, as I said before, if you're, um, uh, you don't have to be daring uh, necessarily, but if you want a little bit of a taste of that, then you can actually, obviously, when you bring it down to, um, to about you know, 60, 70 proof or a little lower, in fact, and then your palate will get an indication of really what's in there as well. So you'll find slightly vegetal, a little bit leathery, nutty. It's a, a classic, really... Um, uh, a complex new mixed spirit. It's okay. fruity too. There's like yep. a, there's an intense fruitiness to, as yep. well. It's very it's very long very long fermentation. Um, some of the fermentations are up to a hundred hours, which is um, pretty pretty rare. Um, anything really between about um, fifty and a hundred hours, and uh, and that longer fermentation gives us a, a higher. Um, uh, higher, higher, esters. Higher, higher esters, basically, a higher um, um, level of esters, yeah, and that's going to give us those fruity, fruity notes that we'll find particular in the uh, in the Old Pulteney Twelve. Did anybody else taste that new make? I just put my finger in there and tried it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, yeah. I'm brave. I'll go for a full sip, but I, yeah. my, my night is young. Yeah, it's complex. It's got a full spectrum. So you got those oily, basey notes, but then these also very complex, high fruity notes as well, which comes from that long fermentation. And Stephanie was saying it reminded her of rum, which to me is really high ester. A lot of rums yep. have those yep. really intense, bizarre, fruity notes that take you a long time to kind of unravel when you taste them. In Scotland, most people do not sit around and drink new make that's for no. damn sure but uh but many years back when it all when it all started yeah uh, you wouldn't necessarily have had an aged product of, of 12 or 17 or 25 years far from it um a lot of people would, would have been drinking new make spirit and uh and that's also a little bit of a segue the one thing we have uh well one of, one of many things we have at putting in common with the u.s it actually suffered prohibition a bit longer than you guys. Right, you Nin guys were closed for 21 yeah, years or 20, something? 25, 1922 to 1947. So 1922, the uh, the Methodists who were driving this um, uh, were offering free beer in the many, many pubs. Bastards! Uh, obviously, <laughs> yeah, never, yeah. When you're offered free Don't make beer, fun of dead people. just think, nice. just think, there might be a reason behind that. And anyway, so a lot of people who would have voted um, against prohibition were at the pub enjoying themselves, whereas... Uh, the bureaucrats were uh, signing a document to say that's a dry town. Yeah, so, well, here in America, it really backfired because it, it <laughs> caused the, the number one tax paper, taxpayer in the United States is the beverage industry. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, like booze tax is the biggest taxpayer. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you take that away and you're screwing yourself. Like that's a huge source of revenue for the government. Yep. And I'm sure the same was true in, in Scotland. Yeah, it's a, it's a small town. They probably didn't make too much of a dent, but uh, there were enough people grumbling. And as I said, there, you could either come in and out by sea or there's one road in and one road out still. So that's a long, that's a long way to go for a, for a beer or, or a dram. I want to circle back really quickly. You were talking about the fact that uh, they, did, they made pickled <laughs> herring there in Wick. And so yep. they were barreling pickled herring. Now, pickled herring is important because that was a source of protein for 
mariners all over the mm -hmm. world. That would be a way that you could preserve. They didn't have refrigerators on clipper ships. So you had to have a source of protein for your workers mm -hmm. that was sustainable. And that would have been pickled yeah, herring. Salted herring, yeah. Salted salted herring. I, think, I think salted herring, yeah, so and, and smoked. Where are the barrels? You said that was there a cooperage there in Wick that was making barrels specifically for salting fish? Um, yeah, I imagine so. I mean, the, the photos, I don't know of any particular cooperage. That I don't think there's one in Wick which is preserved, per se, but the photos at the distillery um, show thousands of barrels on the quayside, and they said that the, the actual port itself could hold up to a thousand um, fishing vessels. So you could wow. walk from one side of the port across to the other side just to, over the ships. That That's one crazy. of the little anecdotes there. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to be pretty sober to do that, I imagine. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be doing that at the end of the week. So, uh, you know, we'll see. So, but that's important in that um, if barrels, when you think about like the, the history of people firing barrels, charring barrels here in America, we think of it as like it's unique to the bourbon making process, but that's really a myth because if you think about it, if you were a mariner coming from the old world and you just followed the stream and ended up in the Caribbean, you'd probably eaten all your salted fish that was in that barrel at the time. You pulled into some Caribbean port. They were offering to sell you rum. What are you going to put it in? You're going to put it in whatever barrel you have. Unfortunately, you don't want to put your rum into a salted fish barrel. So that is where the tradition of firing a barrel, you could just throw some hay into a barrel, set it on fire, auger it out with a machete or whatever tools you have around, basically scrape out that layer of fishiness and you have a revived barrel. You've toasted those sugars all over again and you've got a sweet barrel that you can throw some rum into or whatever spirit. Something You're, decent, yeah, absolutely, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when they so talk about the maritime fans. aspect yeah. of Old Pulteney, it's not because you guys are using fishy barrels. That's not the Correct. maritime yeah, aspect. Absolutely, yeah. Any, any saline note you'll have will have nothing to do with any <laughs> fish of 100 plus years ago, no. So what is the Navigator? This first one, I've never actually had this one. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to levy a guess that in the big worldwide whiskey boom that we're enjoying right now, uh, it's hard to maintain orders for 12-year-old. Some of your age statements may be having to go away just because the demand is so high. So you come out with different expressions. Is this one of those? Is this some way to maintain shelf space when you're running out of some of that older spirit? Um, there's a lot of, there is a lot of truth in that. Um, but the Navigator basically was born um, from basically um, the, the Pulteney fan base asking for more expressions of, of Pulteney. Um, we have quite a serious part of the business for Pulteney is in uh, global travel retail, and we've had a, a lighthouse series um, that uh, that finished a couple of um, couple of years back. Um, but in the case of Navigator, Malcolm Waring, who's um, the the genius, the the master distiller, the distillery manager at Pulteney, this is one of his limited release selections. <coughs> right. So the majority of the American oak barrels um, that we're going to taste product. Um, uh, been matured in, in, um, in second fill American oak um, barrels. Uh, and this one here is Malcolm's selection of second fill American oak ex-bourbon barrels and some first fill Spanish oak butts, some sherry butts. So Oloroso sherry from Spain? Or? Not necessarily. Okay. Okay, but Spanish oak, but Spanish oak butts. So you have to be quite careful because sherry butts, ex-sherry, you've got to have them from the sherry triangle. And uh, as a lot of distilleries have found over the past years have tripped themselves up a little bit. You've got to be quite clear of the denomination, whether it's from Jerez or not. Um, so in this case, these are um, Spanish oak um, uh, sherry butts, which can carry sherry. 
but they've been seasoned for us by um, a barrel maker called Miguel Martin, who makes uh, a lot of um, Spanish oak butts for, um, for the whiskey industry. So these ones are specifically made, uh, made for us. But there's no age statement on this bottle? There's no age statement. It's very much down to Malcolm Waring's selection. So that's really the key. So this is at 92 proof. Um, so you've got influence, uh, the sweetness and caramel and vanilla tones that you're going to find here are principally from the American oak, um, the ex-bourbon barrels. And then you're going to find maybe um, a little bit of uh, orange um, and uh, orange rind, a little bit of uh, chocolatey notes, maybe something uh, very um, sweet sweet and nutty in here. Well, and let's find out together. These, these guys have pretty good palates. Yep, we'll we'll sure leave it to do. them. Absolutely. So stick your nose in that yeah. glass. Breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you reminded of? What food words come to mind? Is it a fruity thing? If it's a kind of fruit, what kind of fruit is it? You know, What are you guys getting as you know this navigator from Old Pulteney? Yeah, a lot of different things, but the most consistent ones are like brown sugar and citrus. Mm -hmm. Brown yeah. sugar and citrus, yeah, yeah. What are you guys getting? <laughs> Almond, orange cream. Again, we touched on a little bit earlier that that, that long fermentation is going to give us quite a lot of uh, esters, as, uh, as Pedro said, that's that high concentration of esters, and that's going to come out in a, a number of different sort of types of uh, types of fruit as well. To make that long fermentation, are they using a, a yeast that he picked out from a certain winemaker per se, or a, a no? As far as I know, I mean that's a question that I think only Malcolm can answer. But uh, he chooses a, a distiller's yeast. So tap some over your tongue, guys. What do you think of this Navigator from Old Pulteney? No wrong answers, please. Share your experience. Get a lot of apple and orange, usually apple cider. Mm -hmm. It's good. I'm getting a little bit of that orange and ginger like Kim's talking about. I like that little zing on there. Yeah. Especially on the finish. Mm -hmm. It's good. Crystallized ginger. Crystallized ginger. Yep. Wonderful. So Stephanie's coming around with the second mark here. Is this going to be the 12 year? Yes. This is, okay. yeah, this is the All 12 year. Right. Yeah. So is it, do people normally drop a water and open it up? They can, yeah. if, if you'd like to put a drop of water, I, I think at 92 proof, that's, that's just fine by me. But if that's a little too hot for your palate, you can always put a little tiny bit of water. And I, I <laughs> emphasize the little tiny. In, in this small tasting portion, one drop of water is going to make a huge difference yeah. in unwinding that, that flavor profile. It'll really change the taste a lot. And in, in that... When you add water, that's it's a very, you know, it's the universal solvent. It's going to break it apart chemically. So if you're getting like orange and ginger and you add water to it, it's not going to get necessarily just less orange and ginger. It may actually spike in a different direction entirely. Yep. You may get flavors that are kind of contrary to what you thought mm -hmm. were possible yep. just by adding the tiniest bit of water. So far, so good. Yeah, yeah right. And uh, anybody, I mean, I know a number of people have uh, either Pulteney fans or tasted Pulteney before, but uh, has anybody tasted Navigator before? Because again, with a, in this sort of a surrounding, you might find it very different from how you taste it at home, for example, and, and also in particular the, the type of glass as well. Now, is this one of the expressions that's exclusive to your travel retail? Is this a duty-free only deal? No, no this, is in, this is in the market. Um, this is for, um, for everybody to enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, the thing I'd say is that... Um, a couple of these selections will um, uh, no longer be available um, by the end of the year. So in the UK, we launched um, a few months back um, the, the new range. So uh, if you've got a, um, a colleague of mine, Steph Ridgeway, who's the whiskey chick, she is obviously to, she often talks about unicorns, uh, the Old Pulteney 25 and the 17 that we're going to taste, uh, and also the Navigator, which we just tasted. Those are, in inverted commas, they're, they're unicorns that will disappear. Three towards... unicorns in the stable? Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah, well, you've got, yeah, but then you've got, then you've got 
some new unicorns coming out. New so. unicorns, yeah. wow. Yeah. I don't know if that's, okay, I'm just gonna say you guys got some, you must be having breeding unicorns or something. <laughs> so, so Stephanie came around with the 12 year. Now the 12 year is, in my mind, this is kind of the entry level into the world of Opal D for me. This is what I kind of, this is one of my favorite of, of the all of the whole line. Yeah. But like you said earlier, traditionally waiting 12 years to drink your whiskey like 100 years ago, that was not a thing. When did the 12 year old expression come about? Right, so um, we bought the distillery, let's see, um, I think early early 90s, early 1990s, um, uh, slump in whiskey industry in the in the late 80s. A lot of distilleries closed down through lack of demand, um, and then Diageo was formed. So there was a monopolies issue going on. Uh, likewise, um, uh, Allied Distillers was formed around about that time, and they were getting rid of. Um, they were told by the Monopolist Commission in the UK that you couldn't basically have more than. X amount of distilleries, so let's let's call it sixty or something like that, or sixty percent of the um, of the volume of the business, um, and uh, so they had to basically um, uh, release into the open market um, distilleries. So um, the company I work for, International Beverage Holdings (IBHL), um, that we bought up in the late eighties, early nineties, distilleries which were small. So this is a distillery which only has two copper stills. Um, it's very, very small production relative to some of the bigger brands, more commercial brands that you know in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, over a course of, um, say, about almost 10 years, the company bought up five of these smaller distilleries. Okay, so they, all of them at that time just had two stills. Um, if you talk about 1.8 million liters of alcohol, you don't really know what that translates into, um, and nor do we really, because effectively you've got to wait for 12 years. So the 12-year-old was the first presentation of Courtney. Uh, that's when we really took it took it to market, and, uh, and this basically is um, uh, uh, a style that we've adopted. It's uh, extremely popular. It's uh, in the top 10 single malts in the UK. Will it ever be a number one single malt in the UK? No, because it, we only have so much stock. So yeah, uh, we're you never going to be still are a small operation. You have exactly, one wash yeah. still, one spirit still. Yeah. You put out about a million liters per year. Is that right? And that's tiny compared to someone like Glenfiddich or Glenlivet or McCallum. Yeah, like that. it's minuscule. I, I can give you an exact um, figure because again, I mean, you I'd be talking nine liter cases, single cases, etc. Um, and the the focus of Pultney has always been on on quality because you're only going to establish yourself as a brand um, by the quality if you only have a, a small small volume. So we're never going to sort of dominate um, the, the U.S. market or the Chinese market. But what we, what our main aim is to bring you, and, and tonight in particular, is to to bring you um, a range of Pultneys that you're going to enjoy, and you can go away and, and find uh, find in the market and enjoy at home and with friends. All right, so Simple let's get break. into this 12 year, you guys. <laughs> Old Pultney 12 year, <laughs> stick your nose in that glass and share your experience. What are you reminded of as, as you smell this whiskey? Toasted marshmallow, nice. Yeah, it's nice and sweet. Cocoa? I'm getting a definite citrus nose on this one. I smell mm. orange for sure. Pears, excellent. What else? Asian pears, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's delicious. Yeah. I'm getting great like toffee notes, like this nutty toffee kind of vibe. What are you guys getting off the 12 year? Creme brulee? Mm. Dark chocolate, burnt orange peels, beautiful. Cocoa. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Mm. And do you know, Joe, this will be a Joe question, I imagine. Yes, sir. What is this going to run me at my local liquor store if I'm getting um, from my home bar a bottle of the Old Pultini 12? 
Generally speaking. In the 30s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, I think um, generally across the states, pricing varies um, so much. So um, the, the benchmark uh, brand um, geographically, not necessarily in the same style, but um, Highland Park is a, is a pretty good shoulder-to-shoulder um, -shoulder benchmark. But you'll find Pulteney, certainly in California, is uh, a, lot more, um, a lot more economical, I should say. Uh, we have to, I have to close my eyes as a commercial manager. A little bit when I see that some of the pricing, but um, sort of target price is really forty four ninety nine to forty nine ninety nine for a twelve year old, which in itself as a twelve year old is a pretty good price. Um, but today we've we've seen it um, in the in the early forties, and uh, when it's on offer, it's sort of late late thirties. So um, get it whilst you can. It's a great price for a great whiskey. I think there's a, a wonderful complexity <laughs> for being a twelve year old whiskey. It, it gives you character of something much older. I think the complexity, yeah. the linger. It's quite excellent. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you had a dropper and you've still got a little bit left in your glass, then uh, what I propose, tiny little bit of water and uh, break that surface tension, get the oils out. And then I think you'll find even more of those esters coming through. Um, and if I can sort of be a little bit um, uh, mean and lead from the front, but I think you'll find, um, and I certainly do, but not every single time, because again, it's very much the type of glass and the type of company and the ambience and everything and, the, and also the temperature. But you should find some uh, really interesting sort of caramelized banana or green uh, platino um, uh, skin coming out. Yeah. 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 Platino. Poquito de platino. In 2012, I believe, Jim Murray named the old Pultini 21 yeah. best whiskey in the world. Am I right? That's correct. Yeah. And recently, I, I think in the last four or five years, I feel like the 17 or the 18 was ranked extremely highly as well, like one of the top three or four whiskeys in the world yeah, as so, well. Yeah, um, 17-year-old has won a plethora of, of awards over the last sort of five, five six years. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's a tribute to, to Malcolm because um, he's, he's the man who's, who's chosen those specific casks. And our master blender, Stuart Harvey, as well, they work very much in tandem as a team um, to choose exactly those casks. And that's the beauty of being a small distillery is that you, can, you have um, the time to focus on quality. And it's not about you know, banging out thousands and thousands of cases and getting them to the market. It's really very much the focus on, on quality here. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we try hard to speed up production a little bit. Um, but, uh, but certainly when it comes down to the quality, it really starts at the distillery with the choice of those casks that they believe are at their optimum. Ooh. So it says 17 on the, on the bottle. There will be times when there's something a little bit older in there, but the age of the youngest spirit, as per the law, says if, um, uh, if it's got anything, um, uh, anything less than, the, than that, the minimum age is basically the mark on the, on the bottle. So there's nothing less than 17 years old in this one. That's right. Okay. So uh, the water source, now you guys are way up in the north. Is yep. it, it's a pretty mountainous region around Wick, or mm. what's, what's the terrain like? No, fairly flat, actually. Okay. Unusual. Okay. Whilst it's in, in the highlands itself, um, that, that Caithness area, that region is, uh, of Sutherland, is, is pretty flat. And okay. what is the water source in the past, or are you now just using municipal water in the fermentation? No, no it's, all, it's always been Loch Hempriggs is about, the crow flies is about um, two and a half miles away. In the early 1800s, when they built the town, um, they basically had a, a very small aqueduct called the Lade. Okay. That's what and, I read about. Um, yeah, and the Lade. Uh, it's pretty impressive because you've got this effectively, I think it's as little as um, six inches of, of gradient from the actual Loch Hempricks itself down to the distillery. 
mean, it wasn't, uh, the distillery obviously came into life in 1826, uh, and this was built in about 1807. So it's, uh, it's Thomas Telford, who's a very famous Scottish engineer, um, and, uh, and that was one of his um, uh, projects. And they would Still use going. that aqueduct to, you could run a mill off of that, right? You Correct, could use yeah. it for electricity. That would have been the mill that ran the distillery at that time, or uh, am I stretching it? No, um, not so much on the electricity side of life, but that, that is the water source and that is the mill You itself, wouldn't even yeah. need electricity, actually. Yeah. You can run a distillery yeah. using the wheel to run the equipment without the yeah. use of electricity. In, Correct, in yeah. lieu of using electricity, yeah. the water provides the actual, they would have wheels with gears and belts and runs the distillery yeah. so you that can, way. Yeah, and, and particularly obviously, um, so the, the milling as well, mm -hmm. um, again, before electricity. And then of course, we come back to the original style of, of malting where you're using um, a peat kiln and um, preparing all the, um, all the malted barley at the distillery itself. Wow, yeah, beautiful stuff. So now you have a real gem in your hand. I think the 17 is being one of the best bang for the buck kind of single malt scotches out yeah. there in the world. I think this, this to me, matches up with the whiskey that is twice as old. I prefer often a 16 to 17 year old mark more than say like a 35 year old mark. People like to spend their money on those big like unicorn whiskeys, but for me, this is something that's attainable. Yeah. Not yeah. that I don't, I love unicorns. Unicorns are cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I also like non mythical beasts. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? in, in a glass. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys think of the 17 years? You stick your nose in that glass and breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you reminded of? Yep, I'm ready. Green yeah. apple? More cacao. More cacao. More cacao. The same family, so okay. Yeah. Right on. So is this, does this have some sherry barrel on it as well? Yep. Is this used bourbon cask yeah. and sherry barrels? Yeah, so we go back to um, principal use of, uh, well, the majority of um, second fill American oak barrels, ex-bourbon barrels are at the distillery itself. Um, and uh, in this case, this is a minimum of three years further maturation in first fill Spanish oak barrels. So you're absolutely on the message. Okay, okay. Um, sort of classic, classic um, uh, notes would be sort of dark, dark fruits and dark raisins, maybe. And uh, as we come on to the, the 25, uh, part of the tasting notes are um, rum uh, soaked raisins. So I'm, so I'm getting about 130 bucks. <laughs> Joe, you can tell that with your nose. I would like, I would like to, I would like to think slightly clearly, higher than that. But clearly, anyway, you've, uh, I, I dated someone like you before, Joe. <laughs> she can smell money. <laughs> Sam, Sam, I'm sorry, that's a terrible thing to say. That's true. <laughs> Sam, what were you gonna say? I get a you know sweet kind of fruit syrup that you'd expect to you know find behind the bar. In addition, I get a lot of sourdough bread. Sourdough bread, long mm -hmm. fermentation, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What else? It is dense because that extra time in the barrel, the whiskey is melding to itself. The water's evaporating out. Well, we can talk about that a little bit. The maturation up there in Wick, uh, I imagine it's not super hot. No. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not it's, bathing suit weather yeah, most of the year. I have to be very careful about the, the, the North Highlands tourist board by saying it's not necessarily a holiday destination. It's not a beach it is. holiday. It's, it's not it's a beach holiday destination. If you're a whiskey fan, it's absolutely a destination. Well, if you but, live in uh, California where we don't even have seasons here, so yeah, well, okay. it's, it's nice to go someplace where they have a little bit of you know crisp air. Right. You know? Okay, inside inside the the the, the Dunnage warehouses, the um, sort of a classic temperature change between winter and summer would only really be two degrees Celsius. 
So uh, very, very stable, uh, not something um, we're proud of as far as um, visiting tourism goes, uh, but certainly when it comes to maintaining a very stable uh, maturation environment, that's, that's really what, that, that's what you want. Um, so, and, and that's really what you have. Do you know so you've about got, how much evaporation occurs each uh, year? So basically, we are we're losing uh, 1.5 to about 2%. Um, Not very much. Uh, yeah. You guys are so, lucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'll so, call that good. So 17 years in the barrel, but that isn't melding to itself. That little bit of slow evaporation, it is making a denser spirit. So that density is something that's real. But we come back to that original new make spirit. You've got a lot to play with during that maturation, and that, that's absolutely key for us. Now, way up there in the north, if I was going to go visit a distillery in Wick, do, do they do public tours? Yeah, there's a visitor center at, uh, at Pulley Distillery, yeah. What's the town like? When you go to Wick, is it is it still a pretty small town, like just a few little pubs to go visit at night, pretty tranquil? Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a small um, uh, north coast um, fishing port, really. Um, and uh, and I think, you know, Pulteney, we're lucky enough, obviously, to be to be working and enjoying Pulteney now. But um, but Pulteney is very much a, a focus point of, uh, of Wick itself. So and that's. if I remember correctly, I mean, I've forgotten a lot of things about whiskey. People try to learn. I'm trying to, like, remember. Um, but... Are some of the barrels stored outside? Because I remember someone telling me that part of the maritime aspect of that Pultini, that salt air, was the fact that there were there was some contact with the sea air. Is that true? Or well, contact just... with sea air. Uh, barrels outside? Um, no, I think you'd have quite a lot of uh, additional visitors to right? distillery yeah. at all hours. Actually, and, thieves and, in the uh, night. Well, yeah, uh, those who are interested in uh, in, uh, in moving things. Um, but um, as the bra the the barrels themselves. Breathe, You're forgetting about yeah. love wins here, man. Okay, sorry, gonna, man. So it's all about breathing. We're going to hug it out. So, uh, so the barrels do breathe. Um, they don't have that temperature fluctuation that you do, say, in Kentucky, where you've got barrels at the top of rick houses and the barrels at the very bottom, and you're looking, you know, quite a few, well, the significant uh, temperature difference, and obviously those barrels and how they react to, to the warmth and warm air and obviously the heat. Um, with us um, having such a limited range of temperatures, but the barrels are still breathing, and uh, and that angel share, you know, you're losing that 1.5 to 2 percent per year, um, and you're losing half a percent or one percent proof um, per year as well as the as the barrels take in moisture. And of course, that moisture. I mean, we had a conversation just over the weekend where somebody disbelieved that you know um, salt could penetrate, but there is no proof that it can't. But if you're thinking about the barrels breathing and salty air, then that, that, that salt has to have some sort of an influence there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if we're telling you um, you're going to find something salty in this, then your brain is going to be telling you, I've got to find that salt, I've got to find that well, salt. I'm, so I'm you may or may not find it. So, I'm getting yeah. salted caramel, dark chocolate, yeah. orange. It's delicious. This is an exquisite, mm. the 17 year. Yeah. Now, Stephanie's just come around with the 25 year. Yes, I know. Older than most of you guys, right? <laughs> the old Pultini 25. Now, That's now this isn't always Thanks, available. Thank you very right? much. Right? There was times you haven't. This hasn't always been available. I know that. I think last year the 25 was really, really hard to get your hands on. We could get mm -hmm. the 21. I don't remember seeing much of the 25 around. Right. Effectively, the um, the 25 or the 21 has transitioned into into 25. So you've got um, very, very similar style in this. So you've got a lot of second-filled American oak, and obviously we're not using 
first floor because then after 25 years, then the wood would begin to overtake um, a lot of the real Pulteney characteristics. So it's a, it's a very fine balance in, um, in aging higher, uh, more in aging higher age profile um, uh, premium products like this. So um, Joe will tell us, of course, that we can find um, Old Pulteney 25 um, in, a, in a number of um, uh, extremely good clients for us, I think. So what I can tell you, um, Joe's obviously on the commercial side um, to all of us consumers. Um, on, the, on the supplier side, uh, we were supplying, I think it was um, 60, 60 cases of three, so only 180 bottles um, last year of Pulteney 25. Wow. So um, it, it is, it's an ongoing unicorn, effectively. You can find it once in a while, whatever. Wow. But, but here in California, generally, I mean, looking at the pricing and everything, it's... Uh, uh, we're, we're lucky enough, obviously, to be here right now, and I am because I'm only a visitor. But, uh, but pricing-wise, you're looking at uh, very, very competitive pricing um, here in California. So um, I think generally you're, you're getting an extremely good deal here. So uh, really, it's a, it's a special occasion. Um, definitely uh, a special sure. occasion, so, yeah. Dram. So here's a, to a special occasion, guys. Stick your nose in that glass. Mm. Breathe in gently through your mouth. Share your experience. What is it like to sip this old Pultini 25-year single malt scotch from the Way up north there in Orkney. Close to Orkney. Close to Orkney. Close to Orkney, yeah. Mainland, mainland Scotland, Orkney Islands. Orkney so Islands. A short, a short okay. ferry. But short ferry? You don't need to get much further than Wicks. So. But tell me of your experience. What's this 25 you're like, guys? Some people may never get to sit this, so they want to hear what mm. your experience is. It smells like roasting s'mores. Ooh, nice. S'mores. Mm. Yeah, the chocolate mm. note comes really strong. Roasting so peanuts? peanuts? Marshmallow, but, um, yeah. Okay, right, we transition from marshmallows to Beautiful, dark chocolate for me. I really love this one a lot. Yeah, I get that marshmallow so, so, thing in there for sure. Yeah. So Mary Elizabeth, you have your tasting notes, mm -hmm. and we'll have to, we'll have to look you up on that. So. so how heavy is the peat on this? What Parts per million, how far do you guys go with the peating of your malt? No peat. No peat? Nope. No, no peat at all? No. So if you're, if you're getting a slightly um, uh, smoky or, um, I mean, definitely you get a spicy note in all of this. But if you're getting a if you're getting a little bit of sort of smoke there, um, that's really the influence of the of the Spanish oak. That's giving you some phenols that are fairly close to to the phenols that you get from from a, a smoked uh, peated malt barley. Okay. So, but this, so it's yeah super sweet. And again, that's a lot of the American oak, which is going to give you caramel and vanilla, and the Spanish oak is going to give you a sort of a richer sort of caramel spicy note there. Okay, super sweet. Raisin, it raisin, salt and caramel, raisins, yeah. So rum soaked raisins, rum, rum soaked raisins, salt yeah. and caramel. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, Beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's gorgeous. Really, yeah. Such a beautiful whiskey. Really, really stands up well. Well, thank you for sharing your unicorn with us, hey, Miles. <laughs> really amazing. And if you guys get up to the northernmost parts of Scotland yeah. there, be sure to stop at Wick and check out the distillery. But uh, anyway, I mean, um, Pulteney itself, open pretty much 365 days a year. Okay. Uh, just a little hate me for that one, but it's, I say pretty much. Um, but uh, it's a big distance to, to drive. There are lots of great distilleries um, on the way. Uh, Balblair is one of them, if you come across that one. Uh, but that's, again, Highland, just north of, uh, of Inverness. What we've tasted tonight is really a tribute to the guys who actually work there, um, both in the distillery visitor center, but the guys who make it. They do pretty much the same job 
day in, day out, and still are, have the same sort of passion and commitment to uh, providing us with some amazing, amazing spirit. And that's obviously under the leadership of Malcolm Waring. So it's a great privilege to, to meet you guys. Uh, at the same time, it's a great privilege to, uh, to taste some of the finest of what Pulney has to offer. So uh, thank you. Uh, Slange. Slange. Here's to that crew up there at Wick. Yeah. Good job. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show was produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember.